0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Meredith Reddick with Raven News. Two Southeast communities are struggling to cope with the aftermath of a cold snap that hit the region with severe winter weather last week. In Yakutat on Tuesday, borough manager John Erickson declared a local disaster emergency, citing the imminent threat of roof collapse caused by dangerous snow loads accumulating throughout the city. Erickson says that the borough has seen around six feet of snow over the last few weeks, causing intermittent power outages, damage to buildings and school closures. The city normally keeps four snow shovelers on retainer, but Erickson says the team is too small to keep up with the accumulating snow.
1: So we've been shoveling off, but uh, right now we just don't have enough shovelers. So we contacted uh, the emergency management and they are probably going to be sending a team of 10 shovelers down here.
0: One of the hardest-hit structures has been the newly built Community Health Center, which Erickson says could cost millions to repair.
1: We built a brand-new Community Health Center, $11 million, and uh, it's been open just a year. It's raining in there, and so probably done millions of dollars of damage. They closed the Community Health Center, so we don't have any inpatient service. All we have is emergency service, ambulance service, and that's really what's kind of scary.
0: According to a press release from the State Department of Military and Veteran Affairs issued late on Tuesday, the Alaska National Guard is deploying service members and vehicles to Yakutat via military airlift to assist with emergency snow removal and building safety. In the small Admiralty Island community of Angoon, freezing temperatures have taken a toll on the already stressed water facility, causing village-wide water shortages. Tammy Helm works for the Department of Environmental Conservation. She says both the DEC and the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium are in the process of providing additional support to the community.
2: They did discover that the generator
0: was only putting out two of the three normal phases, which caused the plant to shut down. That issue was fixed by yesterday afternoon, and the power was restored to normal. They were then able to start the water plant and start making water again by 9 o'clock last night. Both DEC remote maintenance staff, an ANTHC utility engineer and a search electrician will be traveling to Angoon today to troubleshoot possible damage to the distribution facility during the freeze. Mayor Maxine Thompson says the cost of the maintenance will be covered by the Angoon Community Association. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, it approved the receipt of a $75,000 grant to purchase radio repeaters that will bolster local emergency response. The money is coming from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. The new equipment will be installed at the Mud Bay repeater site on Cruzoff Island. While Mud Bay is more than a dozen miles outside of Sitka, Fire Chief Craig Warren said it would actually improve radio reception closer to town.
1: The fire department and police department both have range issues when it comes to Granite Creek, um, the area of the Cove Marina, Nelson logging road, and Catley and Bay road could be uh, a very big problem for us in the future uh, when that opens, if it opens. Increased road transportation means that more people could go off road and get lost or need assistance.
0: Assemblymember Dave Miller said the Mud Bay project has been in the works since the state announced the Calian Road extension. The retired fire chief recalled a construction accident in 2019 when an excavator slid into the bay and claimed the life of the man operating the equipment.
2: And it
1: really came to light uh, when there was that excavator that went in the water out there uh, and, and our resources were taxed to the limit um, for getting uh, radio conversations back and forth. So this is a great project. This is one that, um, is, I, in my opinion, is really needed. We have we have a, quite a few number of dead spots out there that are just our basic radios can't cover, just here in town even. This will cover a lot of those areas.
0: The Assembly unanimously approved the funding on second reading. We'll have more coverage of last night's Sitka Assembly meeting on Raven News tonight at 518. The Alaska Board of Fisheries meeting that was planned for this month in Ketchikan will be held in Anchorage instead in March. The decision is a loss for Ketchikan's winter economy and is leaving some feeling cut out of the decision-making process. Joe Vicknicki reports.
1: The seven-person board decides on regulations for state-managed commercial sport and subsistence fisheries. It was scheduled to tackle over 150 proposals for southeast fisheries starting January 4th at the Ted Ferry Civic Center in Ketchikan after a year of pandemic-related postponements. This month it was postponed again because of rising COVID case counts in southeast. Now that meeting's planned to start March 10th at the Egan Center in Anchorage.
2: A lot of things at play and it, it I guess I would call it almost retreating at this point, but we're looking at um, conducting the rest of our meeting schedule um, in Anchorage.
1: Glenn Haidt is the board's executive director.
2: You know, first thing is we want to try to get past this surge, and so no, no guarantees we can do that, but but come March we think it's um, a little safer than than earlier it gives us at least about a month and a half to get past it.
1: Haight says Anchorage's larger hospital capacity also played a role in the decision as the state sees COVID case numbers set new record highs this month. He says meetings for other parts of the state might be affected if the board postponed the southeast meeting further.
2: All indications I've got for the board is they really feel the need to, to to get this meeting cycle done this year so they can move on to the next one next year. And any loading up that you do, Postponing you do is going to require uh, likely enough additional budget, and you know that's, that's that has its own set of challenges.
1: Because of the move, southeast residents who can't travel to Anchorage will have a chance to testify remotely from some Department of Fish and Game offices during the meeting. The board will consider changes to herring fisheries first because herring seasons start up in March. Salmon and other finfish proposals will be next, followed by shellfish and groundfish. Leaders with Ketchikan's tribal and local governments say they're disappointed by the decision. Gloria Burns, president of Ketchikan Indian Communities Tribal Council, says KIC spent a great deal of time and energy preparing for in-person testimony by its members, with much of that centering around the traditional harvest of herring eggs. Now she says the meeting will take place during the heart of the herring egg harvest season. It almost
2: feels as though the from, from my perspective, this is just as though it's a purposeful intent to go ahead and keep the testimony that could have been provided from being provided in person.
1: The Southeast meeting includes proposals from both subsistence and commercial harvesters to change the state's management of the commercial sacro-herring fishery in Sitka Sound. Ketchikan City Mayor Dave Kiefer says the move disenfranchises people from southeast. He says phone or video testimony is not as effective, and he'd rather the meeting be rescheduled for a later date in Ketchikan. He calls the decision a double whammy for his community. First of all, um, the financial impact of being able to have between 100 and 200 people coming into town, um, staying in hotels, eating at restaurants, buying things, a simple fact that we we'll lose at least 20000 the dollars on renting the, our, our our civic center, you know, you're looking easily at at a you know, a hundred to $200,000 hit to our community that we were, we were kind of counting on given all the other economic issues that are swirling around us. Other organizations like the Juneau-based hunting and fishing group, Territorial Sportsmen, and the commercial fishing organization, Alaska Trollers Association, last year asked for a delay until 2023 because of health concerns and COVID spread. Commercial salmon troller Matt Donahoe of Sitka says he'd prefer the meeting be held in southeast. But he was concerned with holding an in-person gathering in Ketchikan. The biggest problem he now sees is the new dates overlap with the end of southeast winter troll fishing.
2: These trollers were the really, really uh, no-win choice of staying in town or, or going to anchorage for the board of fish or are getting that last trip in uh, between the 10th and the 15th of March, which... Last year in 2021 was the most lucrative trip of the winter troll season.
1: Donahoe is hopeful the board will deal with salmon proposals at the end of the meeting. That would allow troll fishermen to finish up their season and attend the meeting as well. Other commercial fisheries for herring eggs, crab, halibut, and black cod are underway just before or after the new meeting date. The board also had a meeting scheduled in March on statewide shellfish proposals. Now that could be pushed back to later that month or into April. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vignicke.
0: The comment deadline for the southeast meeting has been extended. It's now February 23rd. There is a March 3rd deadline to sign up for remote testimony. All-terrain vehicles became street-legal in Ketchikan on January 1st after a new state regulation took effect. These regulations allow properly equipped ATVs on roads with speed limits of 45 miles an hour or less, the vehicles must be registered with a license plate and have working lights and other safety equipment, and the driver must be licensed and insured. Some officials have expressed concerns about whether off-road vehicles are safe on city streets, but Ketchikan City Council voted 4-3 last month to allow ATVs to remain street legal when the new regulation went into force. Ketchikan's decision comes as communities across the state are considering whether to allow four-wheelers and side-by-sides on local roads. I'm Meredith Reddick, and this has been Raven News.